morning. My name's Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life. It's a joy for me to be able to welcome you today. I want to take a special moment right now, just thank the first-time guests so much for being here today. If this is your first time here, thank you so much. We plan for you to be here. Hope you've enjoyed your time with us so far, and I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here at church uh, with us today. For those of you online, thank you so much for tuning in, joining us wherever you're at today, whether you're on vacation or homesick, whatever. We're just glad you're part of our church family as well. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be at church today as well. Well, today we're continuing part seven of our series, Mountain Monologues. And uh, throughout this summer, we're looking at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus actually spoke one of, it's, it's his most famous sermon ever, and he spoke it to thousands of people on top of this mountain, hence the name Mountain Monologues. And uh, so we've been looking at this break, week by week, just breaking it down and looking at it, because here's what we know about the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus taught us principles that when we apply them in our lives, they transform our lives, so especially in the areas of sexuality, the areas of gossip. Um, the areas of judging others, anger, those kinds of things. And, and what we're really learning is that Jesus is teaching us how to have this relationship with our Heavenly Father, a vertical relationship with, with God, but he's also teaching us how to have really good relationships with each other. And that's what we're discovering as we go throughout the summer. Now, as a father, one of my most important relationships is the relationship with my children and I try to teach my kids to follow Jesus and, and follow Jesus' teaching, but one of the things that we take very seriously is teaching our kids to keep their words. And the other day, Marcus came running down the hall, and he looked depressed and like he'd been crying, and I said, what's up, dude? And he said, Kaya said she would play family with me, but now she's playing with Frey, our middle son. And so my, my daughter was playing with my middle son, and, and that got Marcus really, really upset. And he said, Daddy, she didn't keep her word. And I thought to myself, we did it. They understand. We're good. So I called my daughter out. I said, Kaya, come out here to the kitchen, using my fatherly tone. And uh, she, she came out, of course, with the attitude, because she's six years old now. And let me tell you, she's almost seven. And oh, my goodness, if it gets worse, I don't know if I can do it, y'all. Um, so she comes out, and she's standing at the table. And I said, Kaya, did you tell Marcus you would play family with him? Yes. And then she goes on and she, she begins to redirect the conversation like an adult would. And I said, no, no, girl, we're talking about this right here. You did not keep your word to your brother. And so she relented. She apologized to Marcus and they went back and they played family for a little while. And I thought, man, I am getting good at this. <laughs> Fatherhood nailed. Okay. So Later on, after dinner, I'm doing dishes, and, and you know what you do? Like, if you've ever done dishes, and if you haven't done dishes, come up here and tell me how you have never done dishes. I'm interested. You need to write a book. But anyway, I, so I'm doing dishes over the sink, and, and as I'm washing these dishes, I'm thinking in my head about all of the things that I plan to accomplish in the next three hours before I have to get my kids in bed. And uh, somehow that included mowing the grass, building uh, this shed thing that I have to take care of, and cleaning the whole house, okay? I had this all planned out. I was going to do it. That, that's a joke, y'all. He can be like, is he Superman? Yeah. No, uh, but that's how my mind works. I'm thinking about all this stuff that I need to get done, okay? So I'm doing this, and Marcus comes back out, and he says, hey, Daddy, will you play Legos with me? And without thinking, I just said, yeah, buddy, I will, in a little bit, though. 
I said, okay. So he scampers off and he's playing and I'm finishing up the dishes. And then I head into my to-do list that I've made in my head while I've been washing the dishes. And so I'm doing all this stuff. And about an hour later, Marcus comes out and he says, daddy, will you play Legos with me now? And I said, you know what, buddy, I'm, I can't. No, I can't. I don't have time to do it tonight because I have all these other things I have to get done that if you want to live here, you will enjoy that I get these things done. Okay? I said that in my head. But I, I, I told him, I said, no, I, I can't do that. And he said to me, looked at me right in the eyes, and he says, little smirk on his face, daddy, you got to keep your word. And I thought, you, I'll tell you what I want. I won't tell you that. You son of a great father. That's what that was right there. So, so I was like, he caught me. He caught me. And, uh, and so I said, you know what? Okay, buddy, I'll keep my word to you. So we went and we played Legos for a little bit. And, and so I was still proud of him that he called even his father out. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever made a commitment without thinking? You ever said things to your kids or, or your parents or whoever, you know, yeah, I'll do that. But, but then you go into life and you can't follow through. Yeah, we all have. We all have. But there's a problem with that. And that problem has to do with our relationship with one another. Now, we all know that words matter. You, you've all heard the, the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? Well, being a bigger and shorter dude most of my life, I've stuck by that, okay? But the reality is words do hurt, and they hurt a lot. And words, when they're formed into commitments, hurt even more when they're broken. Because those words, that, that power of those words is multiplied when they're made into a form of a commitment and I will do this or I, uh, I, I promise I will do this. And, and when that commitment is broken, then we're hurt very, very deeply. And so that's not okay. In fact, James, Jesus' brother, he tells us, listen, our tongues and our words, we have to learn to control them. Here's what he said. He said, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I read scriptures like that, sometimes I look over my shoulder and be like, is he watching me? You know, because in James, like the whole book of James is like that. But this particular section, there are times where I come in here and worship and I'm just thankful and praising Jesus, you know, and thank you so much for the cross and thank you for what you've done. And I get in the car and tell my kids to shut up, right? See, we've all, we all do that. And James was just making an observation. He was looking across humanity and was saying, yeah, I mean, I've done it and I know you've done it and we've all done it. And that's a problem because words have power. And when those words form into commitments, that power is multiplied. And that's why Jesus is teaching us the importance of making true commitments, ones we're going to follow through on one way or the other. So let's look at this together. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 33. If you have your Mountain Monologues book, it's in there on page 19. If you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Uh, if you have a smartphone, by the way, you can get a Bible on there. You can download it, and uh, you won't have it in time probably for this, but you can have it for next time, all right? So if not, you can read along on the screen. But let's look at this together. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 33, it says this. Again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. 
And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Now, the one thing that we all must learn if we're going to take Jesus at his word here is what I'm I'm calling our take-home point today. This is the one thing I hope that we'll walk out of here with today, and that's this, that simple and clear commitments will create strong and thriving relationships. Simple and clear commitments will create strong and thriving relationships. Now, let me tell you why that is. Because when we are clear with people and when we're we're simple with people and we give a, a, a commitment to somebody else and we follow through in that, we begin to build trust in that relationship. But if we make a commitment and, and it gets a little muddy because we made it without thinking and we're like, oh, I actually don't have the time to do that or I don't have the money to do that or whatever it is, then, then we break that commitment and trust is broken and it takes time to rebuild trust, but it takes an instant to break it. And so we have to learn the importance here of following through on our commitments and letting that be the reflection of our lives as we follow Jesus. So let's look a little closer again at verse 33. Jesus said, Again you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. Now Jesus is speaking to a large crowd of people here. We know that, but in in this crowd are a group of people called the Pharisees, and we've talked about them throughout this series. But the thing that we have to understand about the Pharisees is the Pharisees were notorious for making oaths. Now, they knew the Old Testament inside and out, and they knew that it was not allowed by the law to take God's name in vain. And so they wouldn't take God's name in vain. They would not make an oath based uh, on, on the name of God or in the name of God. Instead, they would make oaths based on the name of Jerusalem or the hair on their head, which I don't understand that one, or uh, the earth. You know, and, and, and listen, we've all done that, right? How many of you have ever said, um, over my mother's grave, I swear she did it, or I swear I'll do that, or whatever. We, you know, we've all done that. And I, I always laughed at my friends, over my mother's grave. I'm like, bro, your mom ain't dead yet. She's right there. You know, so I never, I never got that one. But, but the reality is people swear, and the, and the Pharisees swore on things that they felt were not binding. So when they would say, I swear on the hair on my head that I'll do that for you. And then that person comes back two weeks later and says, you didn't do that for me. That per- the Pharisee would say, well, I swore on, on the hair on my head and, and there's really no authority in that. So sorry, right? And, and, and Jesus is pointing out, listen, that's not okay. Look what Jesus said next in verse 34. He said, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. You see, Jesus is pointing out here that God created everything. Because God created everything, everything is his. And therefore, if we swear on anything, we're actually into a binding agreement with the Lord that we're going to follow through with somebody else. And so we get ourselves into trouble because, and the Pharisees got themselves into trouble because they would swear by the hair on their head and God saying, listen, bruh, you can't make your hair white or black. As much as you sit there and go, you can't make your hair grow like a chia pet. It's not going to happen. I've tried it. Trust me. It doesn't work. God could do it. And man, think about that. Guys, if you don't have any hair, God touched your head. Beautiful, right? It would be so good. 
You wouldn't need any of that special shampoo. It just looked perfect, right? God could do that, but he doesn't. And the point is this, that anything that we swear on, God is in it because he created it. And so Jesus is pointing out, listen, don't make oaths at all because here's the the point of Jesus' teaching here. Oaths are a poor excuse for integrity. Now Jesus is saying, listen, I don't want you just to make false oaths. You don't make any oaths. Don't make any oaths at all. Jesus didn't condemn just false oaths. He condemned all oaths. Because our integrity, our follow-through with one another should be enough of a contract with one another. That if I say, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to take care of that for you, that I will follow through and do that. And I don't have to swear. I don't have to take an oath. I don't have to do anything because of my integrity with you and in that relationship. That's what Jesus is pointing out, that as his followers, and I'm talking specifically to followers of Jesus in here today, even if you're not a follower, if you follow these principles, your life will get better, okay? But here's the deal. If you're a follower of Jesus in here today, then we have to understand this is the ways of God. This is the path of God. This is the truth of God, that we would walk in integrity with one another. So Jesus, knowing that oaths were a poor excuse for integrity, gives us a formula to help us thrive in our relationships with one another. And that is found in the next verse. Here's what he said. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more comes from evil. So the Christian Standard Bible says it this way, but let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. You see, most of us, we don't have a problem with making false commitments. Because we recognize that that's lying straight up. But where we get into trouble and what Jesus calls evil is when we get into this middle ground gray area and we use this one word that gets us into trouble. And maybe we don't use the word, but we certainly imply the word in what we're saying. And some of you probably know the word and you're probably dying to know the word right now. And maybe I'll tell you and maybe I won't. Okay, if I could delete one word from the English language as it has to do with commitments, the word is maybe. Maybe. Because maybe gets us into all kinds of trouble. Right? Especially, you know, again, I'm parenting right now, so this is always in the forefront of my mind. My kids come up to me. I'm washing dishes. I'm thinking about all these things I got to do. And they come over and say, Daddy, can I have a, a chip or a cookie? Or, it always has to do with food, it, gets, it seems like right now. But anyway, I don't think that gets better from what I've heard. I think it gets worse. But anyway, so they come over, can I have a, a chip? And I was maybe, maybe later, right? And what I've done to them is I've deferred the hope that later they could probably have one, even though later I know I'm going to say no. And so what I've done is I've made what is uncomfortable comfortable to me by saying maybe instead of just stay, saying straight up, nobody, not right now. Okay? I've deferred his hope and later I'm going to break his hope because I'm going to say no most of the time. Now, sometimes I might say yes, but the reality is most of the time I'm going to say no. And when that happens in our relationship, so it's, it's simple when it has to do uh, with a, my kids wanting food, it's not so simple when it has to do with following through with one of your friends or following through with a relative or something that, that, is really mad, that really matters. When we make those commitments and we don't think clearly about them, and so instead of just being straight up and being honest, we play it safe and we use the word maybe. And you hear, here's the thing we have to understand. Maybe is a cop-out. 
maybe is a safe word that, that we think is protecting our integrity but actually is damaging it. Because we want to save face in front of people. You know, we, we love to say yes. It's easy to say yes. In fact, most of us want to say yes and want to do things, but really we lack the time or the resource to accomplish those things. And we really should be saying no, but we'll say yes, and we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. In Brene Brown, in her book called Dare to Lead, she says, to be unclear is to be unkind. And though we want to say yes, we often don't. We say maybe, or we imply maybe, and what we're doing, and just by definition of the word maybe, is unclear, right? I mean, have you ever been in a conversation where somebody says, hey, maybe, and you're like, I know exactly what he means, Right? You ever been in a conference? No. Why? Because the word maybe is, is completely unclear. And to be unclear is to be unkind. And that's what Jesus is pointing out here, is that if we're going to live our lives in these good commitments, if we're going to have integrity with one another, then we need to speak clearly and simply to one another so that we can understand and move on from there. So here's something that we can do, because I believe this is so important. In fact, most of us, we need to avoid maybe in our lives because avoiding maybe may be the thing that saves your relationship. Avoiding maybe may be the thing that, that saves your relationship, maybe the best thing for your relationship. You see, all of us, we get ourselves into these, these issues where we're in this gray area and what did Jesus say? It's evil because you're probably not going to follow through. You're probably going to forget. There's going to be broken hearts, lots of emotions hurt. And Jesus is saying, listen, instead of doing that, just say no or say yes, whichever one it is. So Jesus' concern was for us to have this integrity with one another. And so we want to say yes, and it's easy to say yes. But when it comes to saying no, we need to understand that how we say no matters. We need to learn to say no, but we need to also learn how to say no well. So over the years, I've gotten pretty good with my, my immediate family of saying no to them. And now I'm noticing that I've gotten so good at it, <laughs> a little bit of pride there, shake that down, okay? It's not pride. Um, I've, but, but it seems like I've gotten so good at it that it's coming out as anger or frustration. And so my wife will say, Brad, would you like these meatballs that I made for you? And I'll say, no, I don't want those right now. I'm being simple and clear, but I'm not being kind. Now, if I were to change my tone and say, no, not right now, honey. Thank you so much for making them, but I'm really not in the mood for those. She feels valued still. She spent all that time, and I actually will eat them later, um, but not right now because that's not what I want at that moment. But I want to be simple and clear and kind. So when we when we are sharing with one another, we need to be simple and we need to be clear and we need to be kind when we say no. Now listen, you don't need to make up a story. Okay? Because we'll get good at saying no and then adding a story because we want to justify our no. Instead, just say, no, I really don't have time for that right now. Or no, I really don't have the, the money or the resource for that right now. I just, I can't do that. I'm so sorry. Instead of saying, well, you know, I've got this trip coming up and I don't think, you know, because basically what we're doing is we say no and that's all the other person hears and that's it. 
right? So like, I'll call my mom, and I'm so thankful for my mom and dad. They helped us out a lot this weekend. They really did. They said yes this weekend. My dad helped me build a shed, and, and, and my mom came over and watched the kids while my daughter was finishing up her dance recital, which apparently takes until Jesus comes back to get done. And, <laughs> and so like, after her recital number was done, we kind of all had to go to different places, and it was just chaos, but my mom said yes. But one of the things that happens sometimes is I'll call my mom and I'll say, hey, mom, can you, can you come over and do this? She's saying, no, honey, I can't do that because blah, 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 blah. And all I hear is no. And then I'm like, okay, bye, right? That's all I care about. And the reality is that's all you care about too. But we're all too kind to listen, especially if it's your mother. You better listen, right? But that doesn't hurt my relationship with my mom. Because she and I have that integrity where now we can say yes or no, and it, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt us. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, that's, that's what you need to have with one another. That's the kind of character we need to have with one another so that those relationships can be built up so they can be strong and thriving relationships. So how we say no matters. Simple and clear commitments create strong and thriving relationships. So if in your life, your relationships are kind of murky right now, I would just ask you to take a quick inventory. And that inventory is this. How clear have you been with your friends and family in the last five days? How clear have you been with your friends and family over the last five days? If your relationships are kind of a mess right now, probably, I'm just guessing, it's not the only reason, but it's probably one of them, has been a lack of clarity in our communication probably haven't been simple, clear, and kind in our communication with our friends, family, co-workers, whatever. And if that's the case, then we need to adjust. Jesus wants us to have thriving relationships with God, one relationship with God, and with others. He wants us to have that because he knows that brings us life. You know, when I think back on my conversation with Marcus, I'm really thankful that I had some time, made some time that night to build Legos with him because he'll remember that. Now, he'll remember this much of it, but at least he'll remember that his daddy wanted to be with him because I do more than anything want to be with him, want to be with my daughter, my other two sons. I want to so badly. And I'm so glad that I had that time to do that. But what you don't know is there have been many more times where I've said maybe and not followed through. And I don't want Marcus to remember me that way. That, well, dad said maybe, and every kid knows when dad says maybe, he's saying no, usually. I don't want him to remember me that way. I want him to remember me with yes or no so that he can count on me, so that he can make plans accordingly, so his life can thrive, so he can learn how to have good relationships with his friends and someday his wife and his children. I've failed so many times in this area, just like, honestly, all of us have, and Jesus knows that. But what he's saying today is, listen, it doesn't have to stay that way. Let's make today a brand new day in our relationships with one another. And instead of offering blessing and cursing out of the same mouth, let's just offer the blessing and have clear, simple, and kind commitments with one another. 
Let our yes be yes and our no be no. And if you want to take that next step with me this week, I'm going to ask you to say it. Actually, Pastor Chris is later on in the service, but I want you to see it. Here it is. I will let my yes be yes and my no be no this week. If you will take that next step, I, I guarantee you your relationships will get better. Now, listen, some people might get mad at you when you say no. That's okay. Because they'll learn that your word is your bond. And you're serious about it. And eventually, they'll love you for that. So, let's go out of here and let our yes be yes and our no be no this week. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you gave us your word so that we could know how to have a a relationship with our Heavenly Father who loves us who sent you here for us, that you came here and lived a life we couldn't live and died a death we should have died, and you were raised back to life three days later, overcoming sin by by the power of God, and that you now offer us a brand new life when we put our faith and our trust in you. And so, God, if there are any people in here today who for the very first time need to make that commitment, God, right now, I pray that you would meet them where they are. And, Father, that you would call them into your family and that they would place their faith and trust in you But Father, for those of us who have followed you, I pray that today, if this message was stirring us up, God, that you will encourage us to take this next step, that God, we will seek to live in simple and clear and kind commitments with one another that will bring you glory and honor because we will have peace in our relationships with one another. Father, let us avoid evil by letting our yes be yes and our no be no this week in Jesus' name, amen.